0: Jake Scott, 97.5 and 12 into the zone. Let's get out of the zone. Phone time to talk some jazz basketball with longtime jazz assistant coach and our good friend Gordon Chiesa with us here
1: on the Big Show. What's up, Coach? Jake and Gordon, I am doing well. Thank you.
0: That is great. Happy to have you on. Happy to be talking about a second-round matchup with the Clippers. What do you think?
1: It's going to be an amazing series because there's so many storylines, Jake and Gordon, about – the toughness of each team. For example, the Jazz last year losing the first round up 3-1, the resiliency coming back and knocking out the Grizzlies 4-1, and then the Clippers, who have been a nightmare over the years as far as losing some games, including also being up 3-1. They suddenly knock out yesterday in a hard-fought battle to knock out the Mavericks. So with that, they have momentum, the Clippers, but the Jazz have resiliency. And so that's going to be the storyline as far as the mental part of it. But Jake and Gordon, just quickly, here's five things about the keys to the series. One, the Jazz must score over perimeter length. Usually, uh, Gordon and Jake, it's interior length. This is the opposite. So... So Donovan, and if Mike Conley does play during it, Joe Ingles, William Bondanovic, Royce O'Neal, Jordan Clarkson, all the gang, they've got to shoot over Lento, Paul George, Nichols Batum, Kawhi Leonard, Terrence Mann, Marcus Morris, and Patrick Patterson, Two, Usually speaking, Jake and Gordon, the physical team wins a series, but you just can't be crazy and foul all the time. So what team has better technique as far as the majority of the time to be aggressive and physical without crazy fouling? Three, the Jazz are an elite three-point shooting team. By the way, so are the Clippers. So the Clippers are first in the NBA regular season shooting accuracy three point shots. The Jazz were four. The Jazz right now are second in the playoffs, shooting three three pointers and they've outshot the Clippers. So who wins the three point game? It's be very interesting four. Bench scoring. So when the Clippers knocked out the Mavericks, the Clippers hustle players, Terrence Mann, uh, they came through. Patrick Patterson, they 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 really played uh, well, they played well for their group. Also Luke Kennard, and so can George Niang. I know he's going to be a guest later on at five o'clock and twelve eighty of the zone. Can George Niang? Can Jordan Clarkson? Can Derek Favors? Uh, can Joe Ingles be off the bench or not? Can they outplay those guys dramatically? And the last point is this is that what team is going to win the boards? So even though it's a perimeter-type game, there will be a lot more three-point shots taken. So who wins the foot race, Jake and Gordon? Not elevation rebounds, but, but uh, speed rebounds off the floor to ignite their fast break. So those are the five keys. If the Jazz win the series, that there will be a majority of those five topics we just talked about, they'll win most of them.
0: So, Gordy, if you were planning a scheme to go up against the Jazz's offense and you had the Clippers personnel, what would you choose?
1: Well, most times the question is going to be, Gordon, is do they switch one through five? In other words, the way the team is constructed, minus Reggie Jackson, who is the X factor for them as far as he's playing well, they're really a length team, and so – Nichols, Platoon. When Rudy rolls to the basket on that high pick and roll, and he and he ma- makes that rim run, Platoon has enough athleticism to play Rudy um, low up, low on his body, but reach up in the air. Well, uh, Zubats, the other the the big uh, player for uh, for the uh, Clippers, doesn't have the elevation to do that. So, if schematically, the question will be, do the Clippers do they? they switch all the time and play their switch defense. And then from the Jazz point of view, can they drive the switch into usually a mid-range game? So a lot of times when like Donovan drives to the basket, so he's going to pull up and he's going to try to pull up because of the, the length of them is going to try to protect the rim as perimeter shot blockers.
0: What do you think of Kawhi Leonard, uh, Coach? Where is he? Is he a top three player in the league, top five, top ten? What do you think?
1: Oh, he's top five, he's a, he's one of the best two-way players, absolutely. And you can debate that who's one, two, three, four, five. It's all it's all based on you know uh, you know how you do Luka Doncic and Giannis and those guys and LeBron. LeBron, LeBron LeBron's hurt. LeBron uh, was knocked out, but let's not forget it. he's brilliant. So Nicholas Jokic or jo- jo- Joel Embiid, so the, he's right up there, you know, th- uh, one through five in any order you want to debate it as far as that. But what he what he is though is that he's a big-time performer. Let's not forget, you know, back in Game 7, he was great yesterday, but also Game 7 back in Mother's Day in 2019, he made that spectacular shot to knock out the uh, 76ers in, the, in, in Game 7. So he's a big-time performer. So the Jazz, so, so uh, Boyan Bondanovic, again, Royce O'Neal, they've got to attempt to slow him down by making him into a volume shooter versus what, a rhythm mid-range shooter.
0: I know Gordy, you said the jazz bench has to show up. Is there a particular player that you think will play a key role in that regard? Who who needs to play well?
1: Jordan Clarkson, it's so amazing, Gordon, is that he's the sixth man of the year. Hey, we love him. He's good. That guy's good. And, but here's what happened, though. Let's not forget. See, Donovan's brilliance and Rudy's brilliance against the uh, Grizzlies. But here's some just quick mathematics with uh, Jordan Clarkson. He only shot 40.8 field goal percentage in the last round. That's the good part. He shot twenty three eight from threes. So the question right now is, he's got to really get, uh, yeah, against Lent defenders, he's got to get separation without rushing his shots. So here's the reality, as far as the visualization. Uh, Nick, Nick, Nichols Patone's guarding him, and he's in the stance, and he's got length. Can Jordan Clarkson have enough um, separation dribble to take a, take a three-point shot or middle game? to uh, shoot over length. Let's not forget that. Add to this, though. Against the Grizzlies, he's able to drive to the basket, and he shot 21 for 21 from the foul line. So his lack of percentage shooting wasn't as glaring because he counted punched that with the foul shooting. But against the, against the Clippers' length, that's a huge factor.
0: Coach, if you look at Donovan Mitchell's numbers throughout his career in the playoffs, they've gone up from the regular season. And we, of course, remember some special performances, not only last year, but in years prior. What does that say about a player whose uh, production goes up in the playoffs?
1: He's maturing. He has the it factor. The bigger the state, the better he plays. And he's a, absolutely a franchise difference maker. And he's ready for the moment. And that as each passing year, he, he understands more about time and score of a game and when to be in attack mode and when to, um, when to facilitate some of the time. But in the fourth quarter, the way the Jazz is structured, Donovan has taken over most playoff games he plays in and is able to perform. Here's some quick numbers in the first series. He's uh, averaging 28.5 points per game. So, uh, Gordon... You remember Carl Malone, that guy that we all, we all love. He, for his career, Carl averaged 26.2 in the, in, the, uh, in the playoffs. Donovan Mitchell's averaging 28.5. And so when you, mag- you use the magnitude of how good Donovan is in a playoff, it's spectacular. So, Jake, he is ready for the moment. and This is, this is another test in his career. Let's not forget, he's only, it's only his fourth year in the NBA, and he turns 25 on September 6th.
0: Gordy, what expectation do you have for Rudy Gobert in this series at both ends of the floor?
1: He's going to dominate. Absolutely, he's going to dominate. Rudy's playing well. I mean, he's having 17.4 points per game and 13 rebounds and 3.2 blocks. Now, it might get iffy now, and I hope I'm wrong. If end of a game, Rudy rolls to the basket gourd and they foul him, whether either intentionally or they're late in coverage to get there. So Rudy right now is 56.7 in the first round in the playoffs, and historically speaking, that he struggled in the last five minutes of a playoff game. Now the question is, hey, I'm mature now. I'm ready for the moment more. The, the bigger the moment, the bigger the, uh, the sequence, I'm going to make minimum one foul shot. It's detrimental when you get, when you uh, drive, the, when someone drives the ball to the basket and they hit Rudy on that law pass and the team fouling, the, the rivals foul him. You've got to make minimum, if not one for two, you've got to make, if not 0 for two. Because at the end of a game, it's against a Clippers-type team. You want no empty possessions.
0: Coach, I understand you have a playoff-themed list for us.
1: Jake, we do. And we're right on point about this, this is the Utah Jazz all-time franchise leaders in Korea playoff points. And I, 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 I cut down at 12. So this is a dozen of the all-time greatest jazz franchise point scores number 12 and gordon right on point rudy gobert i never knew this i know nothing that rudy gobert is 12th all-time in playoff points with 510 number 11 dr duncanstein dal griffith 557 number 10 this guy was an um, unbelievable catch-and-shoot player jeff malone with 584 career playoff points number nine Adrian Dantley, which that was a basically pre uh, three-point shot. He was a terrific post-up player. He scored 607 career playoff points. Number eight, Donovan Mitchell already is eighth all time. Only in his fourth season, he has scored 743 playoff points. I mentioned earlier to keep talking about it. He's averaging 27.5 points per game in as far as the playoffs. Number seven. Vastly underrated. We forget about him how good he was in playoffs. Carlos Boozer, he scored eight hundred and ninety-two playoff points. Number six, our colleague and friend always, Thor Bailey, scored nine hundred and twenty nine. Number five, again, we forget about him how good he was in playoff situations. Darren Williams has scored nine hundred and thirty playoff points. And number four, vastly underrated also. Brian Russell scored one thousand and thirty-five. Korea uh, points, now the big three. Number three, Jeff Hornacek, one thousand three eighty nine; Number two, John Stockton, 2,436. And Jake and Gordon, I wish he would have shot more because when he shot, he made all of them. And number one all-time, and, and now one all-time, wherever we tried to stop him, Carl Malone scored 4,519 playoff points for the Utah Jazz. Thus, that's my dozen players of the Utah Jazz all-time scorers, and let's hope that, uh, that Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell keep climbing those charts.
0: Very nice, Coach. Thank you, as always, and let's hope for a, a fun series.
1: It should be a fun series. Thanks, guys. Stay well. Peace out.
0: Thanks, Coach. Our friend, Coach Gordon Chiesa. This is The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.